Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited today to be joined by my friend and colleague, San Francisco 49ers team reporter, Lindsay Polaris. Lindsay talks about being open to the detours while staying in the moment, identifying the people that become your true north, thinking outside the box, and so much more. This is an awesome episode, so let's get to it. Lindsay, welcome to the Get My Job podcast. I am very excited to get to have you on. I always love having on a colleague and a friend, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I love that we get to chat uh, outside of practice, which is when we usually see each other. Uh, so this is great. So I'm going to have you jump right in. This is your first season as the 49ers team reporter. So I would love for you to just jump in and share with us just kind of your career journey and how you got here. Uh, sure, Tracy, how much time we got? <laughs> as much time as you need. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, a long, long journey here, but uh, I will try my best to sort of condense it so we don't lose anyone here. Um, but basically, I am the product of the local TV market system. I'm so happy to be with the 49ers. This is actually my now fifth career stop. So I started my TV career in a very small town uh, in Western Colorado at an NBC affiliate um, and have kind of made my way around the country, just moving up in terms of market size and uh, professional teams uh, as I've uh, been working towards my ultimate goal of working in the NFL and hopefully one day uh, going network. So um, yeah, I started in Grand Junction, Colorado. I've worked in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and got to travel around covering the Packers for a couple years. I spent a year at Fox Sports San Diego covering the Padres and San Diego State. Uh, then I actually took a year off uh, and then was working briefly in Sacramento at a local station before I made my way to the Bay Area. So that that's kind of how all the stops that we took before getting here. <laughs> Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live embedding, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's a good, it's a good amount of a good amount of stops to get you here. So what was it about this position that looked interesting to you and kind of combined a few of the different, you know, places and things that you had been doing? Yeah. So I'd been working primarily in sports for the better part of, I think, nine years at this point. Um, I think the the most enticing thing about a team reporter's 
position specifically is that you are actually a part of the organization that you are helping cover and tell the stories of. And I think that is the part um, that I truly love. I think especially in the post-pandemic broadcast world, uh, access is a little bit more limited. We're getting more towards where we were in 2019. But I think the amount of access that you have to players and coaches and ability the ability that comes with that to tell their stories and make them truly special. I think it's almost unmatched unless you are on the team side. And so I think that was the thing that really drew me to this position. So when you got to the 49ers, what would you say was, and I know it's still relatively new, but really what was kind of the biggest transition that you had to make and maybe the biggest surprise uh, of, of the position? Um, you know, coming from a TV background, while there are still many deadlines in this role, and I am now actually a beat writer, which is something I'd never done in my career before. I'd always written some web articles here and there at all my stops. Uh, being the primary writer for the organization uh, has been a really big transition for me. I went to school for writing, so it's it's actually a lot of fun for me. It's just something that has never been one of the primary functions of my roles up to this point. So I think that's a huge transition. Um, and yeah, like I said, the deadlines are a little bit different. When you're in TV, it's kind of like a countdown clock to when you have to make it out to the studio or do your live hit. And while there is some of that mixed into my position because I am doing some TV hits and some digital reporting on our website, it the deadlines are not quite as harsh, I would say. So that part's actually kind of nice, I will say. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that is a bit of a, a difference and maybe gives you a little more flexibility to fully tell a story in the way that you want to in terms of having to get it done by a certain time. You can get it done you know, in, in the way that makes the exactly. most sense. Yeah, I think, you know, I have better access to the people whose stories I'm telling. So that part's great. And then you can actually let the stories develop a little bit because you don't actually have to be, you know, at a certain place at, you know, exactly the right second in order to make your TV hit. <laughs> so as you've looked at your various positions and roles that you've been, you know, all over the place, Green Bay, San Diego, Sacramento, here you are <laughs> in the Bay Area. What tips do you have for young reporters starting out or really anybody starting out in this industry in any position on building relationships in an authentic and productive way? Yeah, this one is tough. And I think it may it takes truly years to develop the art of building relationships. So my first tip, because I think this is one thing that I did, even though it made me a little nervous and might have been a little scary in the moment, is always reach out to people that you admire and people that you hope will one day be your mentor. You know, it could be as simple of a message as like, hey, I watched your report on the NFL Network today. You did a great job. I admire you. Just fire off the tweet or the DM or the IG message. I have been so fortunate throughout the years um, by just sending those types of messages and being able to meet with and interact with a lot of people that I look up to. And they've been, you know, so gracious to share tips and messages and 
also watch my career develop along the way. So never, ever be afraid to reach out. Not everybody, I will say this right now, not everyone is going to send you a message back. Not everyone will be encouraging, but I think you will be so surprised by the amount of people that do send you a nice message and are very receptive to you know that kind of outreach. Um, and then, I mean, I would say, don't ask for anything early on because I feel like people tend to be a little bit more closed off when they know you want something from them right off the bat and focus less on what someone can do for you and more so just focus on their story and see what helpful things you can take from their stories because from the more people I meet in the industry, there is no straight path to get to where you want to go. Life is going to have a lot of detours for you. And I think the detours come with a lot of great lessons. And so people can give you a lot of helpful tips along the way. I really like that, that the detours come with a lot of great lessons. And I want to focus on that for a second, because I think especially when people are starting out, there can be a little bit of tunnel vision on what they want, where they want to go. And it's important to keep an eye out for opportunities coming your way and for maybe the unexpected because you just never know know where that will lead. 1000%. And, you know, as much as you do want to always, you know, have your eyes and ears uh, open for those opportunities, it's so important to be in the moment because it's, it's when you find yourselves, like I said, in those little detours that you will have those moments where you're like, okay, this is why I had to learn this lesson or this person needed to come into my life at this time. uh, And they became a great mentor for me or just really important lessons that you learn in the moment. And if you're always looking ahead, I find that sometimes, and I'm guilty of this as well, you kind of miss the point of the detour. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. That's a very, very good point. I like that a lot. And I think we're all guilty of that. We all have, we all have that moment. And it's actually funny. I told this story on this podcast before, but it's been a while. So maybe for our new listeners, and I think you'll appreciate it. But a few years ago, we were interviewing Quan Alexander before, I want to say it was before the 2019 season. And I asked him, I think I asked him, how are you feeling? Because he'd been hurt. And how are you feeling? And he said, legendary. And I immediately went to tweet, you know, Quan Alexander says he's feeling legendary. And then so someone else followed up and said, did you say legendary? Can you elaborate? And it was like a good lesson because I should have asked him to elaborate. But I was like so excited that he said that. I was like, oh, this is such a great tweet. Mm-hmm. But it's important to like be in the moment and, and listen for what the, maybe the next thing is. And it's hard to do it, especially in this world of social media and kind of instant gratification and and getting it out there fast, but being in the moment and, and absor- absorbing all of those things around you is still really important. 100%. I'm a big believer in don't let the moment pass you by because you never get the moment back. And, you know, I started in really, you know, in a smaller market. And at the time, I was so eager to get to my next job and make my next jump and stuff. But I so often look back and just think about all the wonderful times I had there. But of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But mm-hmm. if we're passing on <laughs> advice to the next generation, just be in the moment. It's so important. And you just never realize how quickly those moments pass until you know it's far too late. So you had said something a couple minutes ago about 
this is why there are times where you've thought, okay, this is why I need to learn this lesson. This is why this person came into my life. So kind of with that in mind, and I ask a lot of our guests this, do you remember a criticism that you received early on, really more a constructive criticism that was a little bit difficult to take, but really has helped you in your career? Oh my gosh, there's been so much. Um, let me think here. Um, you know, I think I it was mostly when I was first starting out. Well, I mean, I've gotten constructive criticism all along the way. Um, I think when we're like applying kind of what I said earlier, I remember that one of my professors, so I didn't go to journalism school. So I actually graduated UCLA and then decided that I wanted to go into sports journalism. And so in my head, the only way to do that was to take some sort of class. So I actually went to Santa Monica Community College. Um, And then I was also um, taking some professional coaching lessons for broadcasting. Um, And I think one of the criticisms I got was just, you sound very young and very green. And I was at the time, but it was also about learning to drop my voice a little bit uh, so that my voice sounds a little bit more authoritative. Um, And so in that search for the right development coach, um, I was at a community college kind of trying to learn my way around, you know, a broadcasting booth and just like how to properly write a story, tell a story. Um, I got in touch with one of my professors and then that professor actually put me in touch with a mentor that is still my mentor to this day. And that's Laura Oakman. And Mm -hmm. she actually helped me with, you know, being able to tell a good story. I think all the raw talent was there obviously with me, but it was so about developing my voice, uh, you know, taking care of my writing to make sure was always getting to the point and telling the stories accurately and thoughtfully. And again, it was like somebody telling me that I sounded kind of green, that my voice was a little bit too high. And that weirdly let me led me to reach out to a professor that led me to a mentor that is still very much my mentor today. So that's kind of maybe why I got that harsh criticism at the time. And it brought somebody really good into my life. And so I think uh, the universe kind of just conspires to bring the right people into your life. At least that's what I believe. I believe in that too. And I always say I'm very woo woo. Uh, (laughs) I'll say that. I'll say that sometimes to colleagues. They're like, I think I know what you mean by that, but I'm not entirely sure. But but I do, I do believe that so strongly. And then I guess on the other side of that, did you ever receive a criticism that was really not constructive. And the lesson there was learning who to listen to and who not to. Um, I don't, I feel like all the criticism, most of the criticism, I should say, definitely not all has been well-intentioned. Um, I do think it was kind of, um, as I was growing in my career, realizing how, um, how the delivery of criticism falls on me and what is most effective for me in terms of retaining constructive criticism and using that to make myself better. Um, And I think the important thing is that a lot of people are going to have a ton of opinions about you, your work, how you go about your business day to day. And I think you have to identify the people 
the few people, I'm talking like a handful of people that you have in your corner and they're your true north, right? You know that they always have your best interest in mind. And I feel like I've stayed pretty true to that. Um, And while I welcome people's opinions, you can go ahead and, you know, send your criticism my way. But when I'm kind of filtering through that, I know the people that are always looking to make me better and don't have any other intention but that. So I think when you're first growing as a broadcaster and as you're maturing, find the people you will always trust and have them be your true north. Because I think you can get so many opinions from everybody that sometimes it becomes overwhelming, convoluted, and then it ends up not being helpful anyways. So I think that that's kind of my best advice with like when harsh criticism does come your way. So with that in mind, let's talk a little bit about social media and that (laughs) The crazy part of this world that we live in and this job that we do, it's a big part of it and it can be a great part of it, but it also can be a very toxic and difficult part of it. How do you handle just that world? What are your thoughts for you personally? Because everybody really handles it differently in terms of looking at your mentions, not looking at your mentions, ignoring the really bad stuff, just being able to shut it off and not take it personally. Because at the end of the day, we're getting messages from people who do not know us that are hiding behind a screen. And it's important to keep that in check, so to speak. 100%. The keyboard warriors are always out, as I like to call them. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, I try not to read most of the comments and emphasis on try because I'm human and sometimes curiosity gets the best of me. Um, I, I, for the most part, try to ignore most of it. Um, You know, a couple of my mentors have always said, don't read the good and also don't read the bad. Don't take that stuff in. And I try to limit the criticism that I get again from people that I trust and people that are, you know, well-respected in the industry. Because at the end of the day, nobody knows the the nuances of what you and I are doing unless you're actually in it. But 100%, mm-hmm. like it's impossible to ignore everything. But I would say if you can limit it as much as possible, always try and rewatch your stuff and definitely develop yourself. But there is a fine line between getting caught up in comment threads because people have kind of the security of being at home and never actually meeting you and being able to fire off whatever opinion they have, good or bad about you. So that's how I would handle that and how I try to. <laughs> With that in mind, or maybe not that in mind, it could be something else. What is a misstep you see women making when trying to break into the sports industry? Oh man, Tracy, you're coming with the hard hitting questions. Um, I'm, trying <laughs> think of, I'm trying to think of the many mistakes I made coming up. Um, you know, I think this field is so competitive and I, I can speak to this because this is absolutely a, a mistake I have made along the way. Uh, I see women stretching themselves to thin. Um, I feel like women are such go-getters, so resilient that we try and do everything. And then it all ends up falling on us that we're just tired and stressed out. And again, not enjoying the moment because you have taken on too many responsibilities because you want to work your way up the ladder and you want to be involved with so many projects. I feel like it's about quality, not quantity. And again, this is me, you know, talking nine years into the industry. Back when I was, you know, 22 and I started, I would say yes to absolutely everything. 
you want to be a yes person and you want to always be taking on new challenges, but you've got to pace yourself because if not, you will burn yourself out, you will tire yourself out. And then the job that you're doing, while it is important work, there should be an element of fun to it. If you're not enjoying it, then honestly, what's the point? Yeah. I agree with that. There should definitely be an element of fun. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think this industry specifically, a lot of people get into it because they think it sounds fun and it is fun. <laughs> you have fun doing it. And I think we have so much fun doing it, but you also have to remember it is a lot of work and it is finding that balance. So going to your point of not stretching yourself too thin, it's not going to be fun because the hard work is going to outweigh everything. It's not glamorous all of the time. It's not It's not what you do see on Instagram or Twitter or on the TV hit or whatever. There is a lot of hard work that goes into it. And though it's a lot of fun, if you are stretching yourself too thin, it'll be impossible to enjoy any of it and it'd be impossible to do any of it particularly well. 100%. Again, I think it's the the great balancing act of, you know, work life, personal life. And again, I just see younger women, myself, 1000% included, it just, it was like, almost like I didn't have a personal life the first few years, just because I always wanted to be taking on extra projects, learning how to shoot better or learning how to edit better. There's just so many things that you can spend your time on. And again, it's good, but within reason. Absolutely. With any reason. I think that's the important thing. And I think that's something as someone coming into the industry, like you said, you do want to say yes as often as possible, but not so much that none of the things you say yes to are getting done in a way that's really flattering to you. And that showcases who you are, you're not able to give enough of yourself to them. So that's, I think, very, very good advice. Oh, in your nine years, how have you seen (laughs) opportunities change and grow for women in the sports industry? And where do you think we can still improve? I mean, I think just the sheer amount of women, um, in the, you know, specifically in the sports broadcasting workforce, I see to continue, I see it continually growing and growing. Um, And, you know, one thing I did want to touch upon, specifically, women of color, I see more Mm -hmm. and more uh, in the workforce, uh, in terms of the sports broadcasting world. And, um, you know, for me, I'm a first generation Latina, and that's something that I have seen going on throughout the years. And it just makes me so happy to see women making those strides and opportunities opening up for them. And that's a big part why I'm so happy to be part of this organization. You know, there's not a ton of, you know, Latinas working in the NFL. I am so happy to add that representation element um, just to, to a group that I belong to. So I think that's something I take a lot of pride in. And I think that's something that we can continually work towards, you know, and I'm very fortunate here at the 49ers. Uh, I'm part of the marketing department and there's, I work with so many women. I'm pretty sure there are more women working in the marketing department than men. And I, I'm all for it. Uh, the work culture environment is great here. And I, I can't say enough good things about just like the diversity within the organization as a whole. Um, But I think that that's something we can always be working towards. um, And I'm excited to see where representation goes for, you know, all groups as we continue to, to move forward. If you could give our listeners one piece of advice for starting a career in your field, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, You know, I think, 
don't be afraid to think outside the box. And I know that sounds super generic, but um, I think even with the generation of broadcasters that, um, you know, I started off with, social media was a thing, but social media wasn't what it is today. You don't have to start any which way. Now with TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, there are so many platforms where you can get your start. Don't feel like you have to follow the tried and true path. Like if you want to start a sports social media show or a podcast or whatever you want it to be, just run with it and see what happens. You never know what doors will open up for you or who will listen or who will watch. Um, Again, I started off at a local TV station and that's absolutely a route that you can take uh, to be on air talent. But oh my gosh, there's so many options. So just don't limit yourself. Keep every option open for yourself and don't be afraid to try new things. Maybe you try podcasting and it's not your thing, but you do really well on YouTube or you really you know, take off on TikTok. There's so many options to get your name, your face, your likeness, your stories out there. So don't be afraid to do that. All right. So we have come to one of my favorite parts of the podcast, and that is day in the life, because I think it's great for people just to see going back to what we talked to earlier. It is fun, but it's also a lot of work and (laughs) like to highlight that for everybody. So you can pick a day in the life, whether it's, I don't know, you're a game day, a game day, a Wednesday, a day like today, whatever day you want that you would like to showcase, but kind of a day in the life of what you're doing from beginning to end. Um, Sure. So I will take everybody through, I feel like game days, actually, you know what, Uh, you know, game days are pretty hectic, so we can talk about that. Yeah, they they are very hectic. And I think I, you know, that one's always a good one because it does drive home the point. It's not like you show up in time for kickoff and then leave when it ends. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. If that's what uh, <laughs> the idea is, that's that couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, I would say I typically, and again, I'm barely new to the organization. So we're still, I'm still very much working through my workflow. But I would say on a typical game day, I am here between like four or four and a half hours before kickoff, um, just to be, just to avoid traffic and parking lines and all that jazz. Uh, But like on a game, like uh, this past Sunday, I got here about, like I said, four and a half hours before kickoff. Uh, The first thing I needed to do was check in with my team, make sure everybody was here and just run through our little game plan for the day. I go and drop my stuff off uh, at the press box. It was raining. So I actually did a little (laughs) bit of a shoe outfit change uh, because heels just were not going to work in the sort of downpour crazy weather we had Sunday. Um, Yes, the elements were... Yeah, (laughs) I live like four different days on Sunday just because of weather alone. Um, But yeah, then I head down to the field um, during pregame warmup. So I'll typically take a little bit of footage there just to share on social media. Uh, And then I get to meet up with Greg Papa, who is the voice of the 49ers. Um, And so we actually do a little bit of a segment for NBC Sports Bay Area. So we'll quickly shoot that. Um, and then I'll stick around for a little bit more of pregame stuff. And then 
We actually are starting this new pregame show here for this season. Um, that's kind of a limited virtual experience, but I'm one of the hosts. So I have to check in. Uh, it runs like 45 minutes before kickoff. So I check in probably at the hour before kickoff, Mark. We do audio testing. We do a little bit of a light run of show. I huddle up with my co-host and we actually do the show. I think it lasts like 40 minutes or so. During that show, I also have an on on the field in stadium hit. So I'll actually leave my hosting area, go down to the field, do a little um, uh, interview with uh, either an alum or a special guest of the game, run back up, finish the pregame show, then gather my belongings, go up to the press box. Um, If anything interesting, notable uh, happens in that first half of the game, I am publishing an article by halftime at the latest. Uh, And then I am in the second half of the game getting my post-game article ready, uh, obviously leaving the window open for however the game ends. Um, And then Tracy, I mean, I usually see you in the press conference room as we Mm -hmm. go back and forth between locker room and pressers to get our quotes after the game is over. Uh, And then I go back up to my desk here at Levi's and I finish publishing my article um, and then actually, if we win, like on Sunday, I also do a post-game interview right on the field with a player uh, as they're walking back to the locker room. Uh, so yeah, that usually takes me till at least a couple hours after the game is over. Um, so it's a lot of running around. <laughs> it definitely is. And I think with this past Sunday and this episode will air the Thursday after this past Sunday, you had a situation in the first half where major news happened, where Trey Lance went out. and so. If you could take us a little through that, because it was your first home game that wasn't the preseason game. Right. And very major news happened. Kind of what was that experience like? And did you feel prepared for it? Or were you like, oh, my gosh, of course, the first day? Um, no, I felt prepared. You know, I think just my background uh, in local TV, sometimes you have to do a breaking news report just as it happens. Mm-hmm. This is my first time publishing an article, um, you know, in real time of breaking news. Um, But, you know, it was just a matter of gathering as much information as I could. Um, And then obviously I can't just hit publish and send it out to the World Wide Web. I have to have, you know, two editors, quality control, everything. Um, And then we have our digital department, you know, add any graphics that we need to my article before I physically publish it to the website. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was... The most unfortunate news, and I think especially with breaking news like that, that is so delicate. Accuracy is so, so important. And just mm-hmm. word choice, you know, obviously it wasn't happy news. And it's it, it was an unfortunate injury to our starting quarterback. So I think the, the situation is super delicate. So I think with those types of things that you have to be quick, but you also have to handle with care. And I think you just said a few words that really are important, though. Accuracy sensitive subject matter handle with care. And I just am saying that for our listeners, because at the end of the day, it's much more important to be accurate and right than it is to be fast and first. And those are just important things to remember, especially in a situation like that, when you are dealing with a delicate matter. 100%. I think accuracy, number one thing, 
And then, like you said, then then it's all about timing, right? But I would say if you're going to focus on one thing, just make sure that what you are writing is correct because the internet is forever. So you know, that's something is, to always remember. That is 100% true. Uh, well, Lindsay, this has been very fun. Um, I love, I've loved talking to you and I've been loving working with you these last few months. So this is such a treat for me, but I can't let you go yet because... We get to do five fun facts. Oh my gosh, you I've seen you do it. this with other people. I've never, I, I've never had the opportunity to share five fun facts. So the way that we do it here is I ask everyone the same questions every week. Uh, so it's not, it's not like where the players get to give their, <laughs> their five fun facts that they pick, which is always so fun because they're like, five? Five seems like a lot. And then like they get going and they're like, can I do more? So I know, uh, all the players are always like, you know, intimidated by five. And they're like, wait, I have 15 that I could tell you if you really yeah, want. We could do, like, we could do a series, a five fun fact <laughs> series. Uh, but with this one, we're going to give you the same five questions. So if you are ready, yeah. five fun facts with Lindsay Polaris. Okay. Um, should I just rattle them off or are you going to ask me? <laughs> I was going to ask you, but if you want to rattle them, you totally no, can. No, no, no. Please, please, you you take this one. <laughs> okay. Your favorite moment in sports. Okay. This one, I actually did have a question. Is it have sports moment that I've witnessed personally or just in general? It could be either. It's really whatever is your favorite memory, whether, you know, whether personal or just something that you saw. Um, I think watching honestly I know I'm biased now but um watching the 49ers um with that epic ending to the Green Bay game last season uh, I feel like that was just one of the craziest things I think it was just one of the coolest endings to a snowy game at Lambeau Field that I've ever seen so um I would go with that one what is your life motto <sighs> Um, can I give you a quote that I kind of live yes, by? Okay. Absolutely. So, um, I was told this at my UCLA graduation and it kind of stuck with me. It was, um, actually part of a Spanish graduation ceremony that I was a part of, but, um, essentially loosely translated is the success of the individual is the success of the community. And as again, a Latina woman, that's super important to me that, the successes that I have individually are also reflected on my community. So I try to keep that very close to my heart. I love that one. That's a great one. What is your go-to workout? Um, honestly, I just enjoy a good run. I actually hate running, but I love the feeling afterwards. So a nice like three-mile run is 10 out of 10. <laughs> I, I love that. That does feel really good. It does clear your head. <laughs> well, it's happening not so much, but when you're done with it, you're like, oh, this really felt fantastic. What is your go-to coffee order? Um, okay, so lately I've been doing an iced espresso with two pumps of brown sugar uh, mm. from Starbucks, and it'll give you a nice little jolt in the morning <laughs> so you can go about your day. It's a lot of caffeine. <laughs> it sounds absolutely delicious, though, and I may have to try that. And last but not least, a book every woman should read. Um, I really liked The Alchemist. I know it's kind of like an oldie, but a goodie. Um, so I feel like that one's just good, not just for women, but just anyone in general. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I got it got sent to me by a friend. So I highly recommend. <laughs> 
All right, the alchemist it is. Uh, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. This was fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And if you guys like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Lindsay, please let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Sure. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Lindsay Lara's and my Instagram is at Lindsay Polaris TV. Um, so yeah, make sure to give me a follow if you uh, like what you heard. And I know you guys did. And, and she does do fantastic content and she does fantastic content with the 49ers. So highly, highly recommend that everybody follows her immediately. You guys, we are brought to you by Bet Online. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And with that, we'll talk to everybody next time. Bye all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.